Hello, and welcome to the Fad and Dad podcast. I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. His friends call him Fad. I'm Joshua Burks. His kids call him Dad. And we're the Fad and Dad podcast, where faith is meaningful and wit is an occasional guest. The real me coming out. <laughs> you guys have to read the signs. Very subtle, very subtle. Understand. <laughs> I didn't say understated signs. Yeah. So, unlike the not so understated writings of St. Ignatius of Antioch. Iggy! Let's go. Iggy, I am enjoying living in Ignatius of Antioch. Boom. Uh, And you are? Boom. As as well as living in St. Ignatius of Antioch's writings, who are you? Yes. Uh, welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining. My name is Joshua Burks. I am the dad of the Fat and Dad podcast. And, and who do I have the pleasure of dadding with? Well, dad, I'm Fad, who's fatting with the dad. Uh, I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. Uh, and uh, because of my initials of a priest, people call me Fad. So, hey, I'm Fad. And what's up, Fad? Yo. What's up? We, um... We, we just got to share before entering into this recording that uh, I find myself right now in Lincoln, Nebraska, and I dang near got a sunburn yesterday. Cheeks looking a little fat is trudging along. <laughs> fat is trudging along with like his snow huskies bringing him to the, to the market to buy food for next week. Well, uh, I, I gave up complaining about uh, the weather for Lent. <laughs> and... How much can I probe you during this podcast? <laughs> Go for it. But <laughs> let me just tell you, uh, there's going to be a feast come Easter. <laughs> oh, happy Easter to you. Yeah. Well, I think I'll have a lot to feast on even when Easter comes in. Uh, as we're recording this, it'll be uh, nine, eight days, nine days from today, eight days from today. So. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in the recording of this podcast, we find ourselves on the precipice of Holy Week. So that's where our our hearts and minds are. I imagine that might uh, come up with some of the themes that Ignatius is presenting. Uh, And if I'm not mistaken, this goes public on Good Friday. So to those who are following along in real time, uh, a blessed Holy Week and Triduum to you. Uh, To those who are catching it later, I guess, Happy Easter, if I'm allowed to say that right now. Flag on the play. Um, foul. <laughs> foul. Foul. Liturgical inappropriateness. You have a 10-centimeter uh, penalty from your microphone. <laughs> you got to pull back a little fainter for a while. So, Mea culpa. Yeah. yeah Maxima culpa. Uh, but hey, this is a timeless podcast. Someone might be listening years from now in ordinary time. And, oh, who are we kidding? We're not, not going to have the money to keep it uh, stored on the web for that long. <laughs> We, we are a humble production. Data is money, man. Data is money. Data is money. There's uh, actually a well, sci-fi those... novel where uh, uh, currency uh, becomes uh, data processing power. Hey. Or I should say, or data processing it. power becomes currency. Just around the corner, well, man. Well, you know, when you think about it, not that far off. Yeah, not that far off. But let's go well, the other direction. Yeah, instead of looking forwards, let's look let's look let's backwards. Look back. back. When they didn't have to worry about the cloud and data. Oh. So we're looking at St. Ignatius of Antioch. We uh we introduced him last week. He's one of the earliest of the church fathers living around the 
the turn of the very first century. Um, through his writings and through the tradition of the church, we we gather that he was likely a, a student of some sorts or companion even to St. John the Apostle. Um, and then we even see in his writings, I think he came up last week, he comes up this week again in the letter to the Magnesians, uh, friends and co-bishop with St. Polycarp. Uh, so he's one of the, the greats, one of the earliest, and we're looking at his letter to the Magnesians today. Uh, so I'm going to ask this question before you ask me it. Who are the Magnesians? <laughs> well, obviously they are the ones who live in Magnesia. <laughs> they, um, they had a special affinity for milk of Magnesia and had to... That's where I need to stop. That's, that's as much as I know about magnesia. <laughs> so you didn't uh, uh, research this? I, here's my one line of research. It was about 15 miles away from Ephesus. Okay, nice. So we just, we just came off of the letter to the Ephesians from, from uh, Ignatius. And now he's uh, turning a little bit to the maybe the next vibrant Christian community close to Ephesus, which is... Magnesia, magnesium. There we go. Uh, yeah, I've pulled up Wikipedia, which any of our listeners could do, so I don't know if I need to read anything from uh, Wikipedia. Uh, the average temperature there is 17 degrees Celsius, which would be really nice right now where I'm at. Uh, yeah. Is that complaining, though? Did I just violate my Lenten fast? Uh, flag. Flag on the play. Yeah. But uh, And apparently it came. the name came uh, from a Greek tribe... Uh, named the Magnets. I kid you mm. not. I know how to pronounce that, and so. But they're mentioned in mm. Book Two of the Iliad. Oh, nice. Yeah, which would be one of those probably okay. parts of the Iliad that I skipped because it was just a listing <laughs> of people's names and stuff like that. <laughs> and yeah, eh, I'm just gonna skim through this section, right? And so, but that's anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I was going to do a whole so tangent Ignatius on is, uh, that, but I'm not going to. Good for you. Yeah, thanks. That's some good restraint. Thanks. So Ignatius is on his way to Rome right now. He's he's being held prisoner. Recap, yep. And he's en route uh, to Rome uh, to be eventually martyred in the Colosseum there with the beasts. And on his way there, he's writing this different, these different letters. And so he wrote to the letter, uh, he wrote his letter to the Ephesians. Now he's writing to the church in uh, Magnesia, and he sends it along with the 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 bishop and and deacon who come to visit him, and they come and carry this letter back to Magnesians. And so we're going to break that open now. Um, just various themes and and things that stood out to us, especially as we find ourselves on the precipice of Holy Week. I know that there's one in particular that really um, stands out to me. Oh. I, should we just, should we just come out swing for the fences? You can you swing for the fences. It's going to be yeah. start with your A game. All right, game. it's going to be out of order. I'll start with my A game. <laughs> We, uh, in, in chapter four, uh, at least how it's structured when I'm reading, there's this line that has to be a contender for one of the best church father quotes ever. And Ooh. it's just this simple line. Bold claim. He says, we have not only to be called Christians, but to be Christians. How amazing is that? I mean, here's this man who's on his way to martyrdom. And he says, we have not only to be called Christians, but to 
be Christians. Uh, and I remember reading Ignatius years ago for the first time, and, and I'm returning to the same book, and that was already underlined, highlighted, and I, and I read it again, and it just it stands out with the same force that it had that first time, uh, because I think that speaks to Christianity of every generation. We were not just called to be called Christians, uh, but we're called to be Christians in, in our actions. So I don't mean to snuff up all the time here, but one thing that, that's been even present sure. for for me, uh, this came into, so I teach courses on scripture, and we're talking about how Jesus reveals himself in word and deed, and that's that's what the church teaches about the revelation of God, that God reveals himself in word and in deed, and that's how he invites us, or, or that's how the church invites us in our um, path back to God. Our response to God is displayed in our words and in our deeds and and in the alignment of those words and deeds. Our words need to give way to our actions and our actions need to support or reveal the words that we profess um, in regards to Christ. So that's just really on the forefront for me with Ignatius that we can't just say that we're Christians, but we need to embody uh, this call of, of being Christians. Yeah, without a doubt that consistency of call and uh, a beautiful tie in there like with God revealing himself not just in word but also in deeds and so we also mm-hmm. to be his servants and also to reveal him to the world in word and deed but mm-hmm. I'm also just thinking like you know it also kind of pierces the balloon or that uh, pierces the bubble of the idea that um, there has ever been this like pure Christianity mm. right of you know easy observance or of universal observance right. you know this idyllic time this utopia in which everyone yeah. practiced uh the faith equally evenly and perfectly and mm-hmm. uh which is interesting because i think sometimes we we discount our current age as an exception yeah. Right, and we think, oh, we live in this exceptional age of the failure to be uh, a Christian, not just be called a Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, uh, uh, early two thousands or uh, late nineteen nineties pop Christian music. You know, um, there were DC Talk. You ever heard of them? Have you heard mm-hmm. of DC Talk? Toby Mac? No. You heard of Toby Mac? Uh, no. I've heard of him. Okay, so he was in DC Talk in the day before he became Toby Mac. I think he's still. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, but they had this uh, song just about what if I stumble and like the whole idea like, you know, the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is uh, Christians who profess Jesus uh, with their, are you hearing something? Sorry, Mm -hmm. something's coming through. I think like there's a YouTube channel trying to play Father Mike Schmitz was trying to play on our YouTube. I'm not sure why. He's I'm not everywhere. sure what's going on. <laughs> and so Father Mike is everywhere. Yeah. Like weird like my Apple Music just opened. Weird. This is weird. Alright. What's going on? Okay. Uh that was live. Ah uh, <laughs> coming at you live. We're not gonna edit that out because we don't have the time or the mind to edit that out. Uh, Amen to that. So, anyways, but just the idea, like, I'm just thinking of uh, this music from like the 1990s as big in search retreats and things like that that I was involved in. Sure. About the idea of, 
you know, the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who profess Jesus with their mouth and deny him with their lives. Yeah. Oh, amen to that. That's. Um, but we think in some ways because, that we're, we, we think that we're exceptional that way. Yeah. That, oh, you know, this, one of the, this is a burden of our day and our materialism and all these other things going on. But like, no, I mean, like, here's St. Ignatius of Antioch writing around like 105 A.D., when the church yeah. is still being purified by persecutions all the time and things like that. And yet, uh, yeah. yet he has the same problem. Yeah, one of the big words of today, especially in, in media streams and whatnot, is unprecedented. <laughs> this, is, this is unprecedented. We live in an unprecedented time, an unprecedented this or that. Usually when and you hear the like, word unprecedented, no. someone's going to ask you for money afterwards. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> These unprecedented times. You need this news source more than ever. Need, yeah, yeah. Um, it, but it's just a it's a controlling the masses word rather than a actual appeal to the truth, because really nothing is new under the sun, right? Ecclesiastes. Um, yeah. Um, so persecution or or struggling for faith was quite literally present in the earliest of apostolic times. He goes on in this letter to the Magnesians, kind of near the end. Um, he's writing about, you know, lest, he, he says, lest you fall prey to stupid ideas. <laughs> and basically, he, he goes on to say, I urge you to be convinced that the birth, passion, and resurrection, which occurred while Pontius Pilate was governor, was actually real. <laughs> and I mean, this is within a, within a century, no more. Right than a full century after the actual events. And he's already having to uh, warn people and ground them in their faith that these things actually happened, right. that faith accords with reason, and we have to persevere uh, to keep this faith kindled and alive and real. And, and, and that it's re and that's grounded in real historical actions. Yes. Uh, just sneaking back a bit moment on that idea of like not just to be called a Christian, but to be a Christian... I was also thinking, mm -hmm. too, of the letter of James, yeah. the Apostle James, right? You know, Woo! and the whole idea that, you know, faith without works is dead, James chapter 2, verse mm -hmm. 17. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, and indeed, someone may say, you have faith and I have works. Demonstrate your faith to me without works, and I will demonstrate my faith to you from my works. Um, mm -hmm. And he goes on even more <laughs> polemically after that. Um but just that need of that integrity of faith. And the lack of integrity of faith is not something unique to our time. Yeah. So yeah. just to branch off a bit, like what in the, what's the Christian answer to why uh, a lack of integrity in the life of the faithful is not unique? What's the theological mm. explanation? Concupiscence? Right, or original sin. Right. Yeah. And, and that's what uh, the, the beauty of Christ, this is something that, that's come up a few times as we're on, um, as Holy Week approaches and we've been meditating some parish groups that we've been a part of meditating on our Lord's passion, that our Lord, it's, it's maybe easy or tempting to think of um, our Lord just relying on his divinity to, to endure the passion, but you know, whether it's the passion or just basic virtue in general, Jesus uh, fasting in the wilderness, Jesus um, going out and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, he did these things and he won them in his humanity so to teach us how to strive in that, to make it possible. 
And, and when he, when he puts this burden of, you know, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect, it's not this unrealistic standard of you can't mess up. Right. Um, you know, the gospel of John says, Jesus knows what man is all about. Like he knows our weaknesses, but he calls us to strive and to persevere, to win these virtues, to, um, to be Christian in our actions as well as in our words. You know, it's interesting. There's a line from, um, uh, well, in the gospel of John, where it doesn't, isn't the gospel of John where it says, Jesus needed no one to tell him about humanity. He knew it very well. Yeah, it's right before the um, the Nicodemus talk. Sure. Um, so I end think of it's tap, end of yeah, chapter it's two. either at the end of two. Yeah. And it's just he he knows us. <laughs> he knows our condition. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that line just we're we're called not only or we have to not only be called Christians but to be Christians. Yep. I mean that is just the the winner for me out of this letter. Yeah. Um, anything else though? I mean, there, there were many other beautiful themes from this letter. Anything else jump out to you? Yeah. Um, well, I, in, in, uh, part five, uh, he talks a bit about the two coinages, Mm. uh, you know, so referencing the gospel, right. When Jesus Mm -hmm. talks about, you know, to render unto Caesar that which is Caesar. And so it's interesting to me, you know, just of him. So outside the Bible having evidence of things that are in the Bible here. Um, Right. But uh, uh, so the two coinages with their stamps, one the stamp of God, one the stamp of this world. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I just thought that was uh, interesting. Um, And to get to this idea of like how quickly the scriptures were getting around. Yes. Right. Um, And so... Again, some of the, and like if you uh, read a Bart Ehrman book, uh, so. Bart, uh, Barty, Bart, yeah, Bart. God bless you, Bart Ehrman. Um, listeners, if you ever uh, at a secular university or maybe even a Catholic or Christian university, if you took an introduction to New Testament or some sort of a course like that, uh, which even South Dakota State offered, they most often would have you use a book by Bart Ehrman, who's mm-hmm. a. Uh, uh, was once a Catholic, uh, but is was he Catholic or was he? I don't know if he was Catholic, but he was Christian. He was strongly Christian, strongly. But has renounced his Christian faith. Uh, mm-hmm. Now claims to be an agnostic, and now has this uh, hermeneutic of suspicion in how he views mm-hmm. everything in the scriptures. But but it's not that he's entirely left the Christian boat. He is the chair of New Testament studies at a at a pristine university here in the really? states. Really? So like that. <laughs> Oh Which yeah, one? he's at he's name, at um, name names. Chapel name names. Chapel Hill, North Carolina, North Chapel, Carolina Hill. Chapel Hill. He is the chair of New Testament studies, professor of New Testament studies at Chapel yeah. Hill. So, but uh, uh, if you ever want to, if you ever read that book and been troubled by Bart Ehrman, read Brant Petrie's uh, "The Case for Jesus." Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful response, it, and it is a response. It's deliberately mm-hmm. a response. Yeah, but the, but Saint Ignatius is a response. Or really a rebuttal, you know, 1900 years in the past uh, by the fact <laughs> that he's referencing things of scripture. Or you even talk about, yeah. uh, you want to make mention of his uh, belief in the Trinity. Yeah, that uh, I thought this was fascinating because, and of course the scriptures and the, and the tradition of our faith held fast to the, to the divinity of the Holy Spirit, right? Just bef- before Christ ascends into heaven, 
He says, go and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Like there's enough there in the scriptures to, to at least lead us to this conviction that the Holy Spirit is, is God, like the Son and the Father. But that wasn't really well formulated uh, in our faith until about the 4th, 5th century in, in the councils of Nicaea and Chalcedon. But here in, in his letter to the Magnesians, he's talking about uh, a professed faith and love in the Trinity. He says, uh, whatever you do, that you may succeed in body and soul, in faith and love, in Son, Father, and Spirit. And he goes on to, to list Christ, the Father, and the Spirit later in that paragraph, too. Uh, so the early church, you know, you, you see some rebuttals, especially from the outside looking in on, well, the church just kind of made the Holy Spirit a couple hundred years later. Um, but the Bible doesn't really say that. Uh, well, one, yes, it does. But two, in the earliest of, of the apostolic church communities, uh, their professing belief in one God, three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So I found that fascinating. Yeah, and again, to that idea that it doesn't just come out of nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. But it is uh, it is integral uh, to the Christian faith from the beginning. Does it have a mature expression? No. Um, and actually, uh, nope. before we went uh, started recording, uh, we were talking about a book uh, by Cardinal uh, Joseph Ratzinger, now uh, deceased, uh, was the Pope uh, Benedict for a while, uh, called The Divine Project, which is a collection of lectures from like 1960. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. but one of the great points he makes is that you read the scriptures not as like a completed project or a complete idea that was written all at once, but rather it's that narrative of God's mm-hmm. expression and sharing of himself throughout time with the Christian mm-hmm. people. And it's the same way, you know, that unfolding of Christian doctrine comes through in that same human way, uh, mm-hmm. where it wasn't just simply like a, a digital thing, it's off and it's on, right? right? But it's more analog in that sense that it, it has a rise uh, into mm-hmm. one thing and into another. Yeah, it has a shape, it has a pattern. Yeah. yeah, amen to yeah. that. And so, I don't know, I, I keep liking St. Ignatius. I still think he's awesome. More and more. Yeah. He is awesome. He's good. And the good. I mean, we still have about like five more letters of him to, to wade through. So Ooh. we're going to be in Iggy is for a long time. Yeah, what is what is uh, the next one? Just looking at our... Yeah, that'd be good. Let's, let's prep for Trallians. Well, I think I might have one of my favorite lines of all time, but... I'll save that. Oh, nice. yep, there it is. I see I see it right here. I'm looking at it. Cliffhanger. So, another another cliffhanger. Oh. This is uh this is coming raw here. Oh. We have a secret episode that is unpublished. Now that you're you're talking about Benedict sure. the 16th. Yeah. Before we knew that we were going to uh, pave this path of talking only about the church fathers, we attempted in episode 1 with uh, because our, our the podcast came on on the heels of Benedict's passing. It was like the day of his funeral, so, maybe? Yeah. I mean, it was fresh. This was early January, I think. And uh, we have a secret podcast episode on our favorite memories and, and recommendations and uh, just a common shared love for Benedict the Sixteenth. So if we get enough momentum, maybe <laughs> we'll... If you support this podcast, we'll release our secret, special, unprecedented episode. I'd be happy if we have a dozen likes. (laughs) (laughs) 
If we can get 13 people. Ooh, Baker's does it. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> so, we have a lot to look forward to. Uh, we'll be looking next week at, at some exciting things from Ignatius and his letter to the Trallians, right? In two weeks. Two weeks. Don't get yes, them excited, man. Get Sorry. excited. Oh. And uh, and I know I know as much about the uh, the early Christian community of the Trallians <laughs> as I know about the Magnesians. <laughs> deep insights. Deep deep insights. Deep insights. But um, alas, I don't have the deep insights, but we know Ignatius will. So Amen. stay tuned, and, and we'll unpack those. Well, uh, hope you. Uh, whenever you listen to this, if you listen to this during uh, the Triduum and Holy Week, uh, hope you have. Uh, many graces and blessings, but we always pray for you to have many graces and blessings. Uh, we do. Fad and Dad with uh, St. Natius and his letter to the Magnesians saying, see you later. Peace out, Magnesians. <laughs>